Ooh, hola, 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 and welcome to Casita del Sol. Yes, today we are starting off with a really fun segment that we started on the last episode, and it's... Dicen que? Que dicen, Carla? Que dicen? Que dicen? dicen? So today's uh, gossip, hot gossip, is this list that's been fluctuating, uh, circulating on the internet about like, I think it's 50 restaurants that you can't take someone to on a first date. Yeah, it's a very controversial list. Yeah, I, I honestly was surprised with some of the restaurants on there. Like, uh, so was I. Olive Garden. Olive Garden was literally okay. Sixteen-year-old Michelle was yeah. taken to Olive Garden by my baby daddy, my daughter's dad, <laughs> as a first date, and I thought, yeah, I thought, ooh, this is I nice. It was nice. I don't know, like. <laughs> This is nice. <laughs> and then that they're supposed to pay for it. What do you think about that? Not only are you have to take me to something that is not on this list, you have to pay okay, for so it. Okay, so I do I do have a thought on that. Okay. My um, husband asked about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um Okay, and here's my thought, and I should preface it that yes, while I have been married for close to 19 years, we were separated for three of those. And during our separation, this grown-ass woman had to learn how to date in what's considered this modern age dating. Right, yeah. And that was five years ago. And so my take on this is, one, if you're inviting me on the date, like, you're initiating it. You've asked me, because women now ask men to on dates, okay? So if you're asking me, you the man, it's true. Yeah. If you yeah. the man asking me on a date, I'm going to naturally assume that you're going to pay for it. However, I had a thing. That if during the date, I felt like I'm more going to friend zone you, I would be okay paying my half. If I felt like I was not going to give this person a second date and I did not see it going anywhere, this is me. Mm-hmm. I would not mind paying half and going what's considered Dutch. I was talking to a prima and she's like, I only go halves with men I respect. Because if they're coming at me all like misogynistic, like, oh, I'm going to take care of this and then you're going to give me that. She's like, I let them pay for it and I never see them again. So it's really interesting. That's interesting. I guess I've never been approached like that. That I'm like, that's a nice thing to be approached. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I've never really been approached like that. I well, just, you know, honestly, it's never been an issue. Like, very yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's never been really an issue. I've had more men that it's more of a traditional thing, not from a machisto type of, because yeah. I could see it coming off like that. So I was very fortunate. I think I've only had one or two dates where, yeah, I was left looking like, uh, well, you're an independent woman. You got this, right? I'm, so much, I am not, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I would be like. <laughs> and I was like. And I remember the first time it happened to me, it only happened twice. The first time I was like, yep, I do got this. And please lose my number because this is not happening again. And they were genuinely shocked. And it turned into the, like a very actually good conversation after where I enlightened him how that, how that came off and how still being independent, it's nice to want things and be treated and be respected. Um, and if I'm so independent, then I'll pay for my half and you pay for yours. But to assume that I'm going to pay for the whole bill? No, sweetheart. The That's whole bill? <laughs> the you got this was the whole bill, girl. You got this, right? Oh, oh no. That's terrible. And then he expected a second date, too. That's what was funny about this one. Oh. Because I was independent and he went on this whole ramble of because I'm so independent and we women preach about feminism. Well, feminism is paying our own way on dates. I mean, (laughs) it's tricky because there is an argument that he's making, but he's almost like weaponizing it in real life. You know, like That, that was the thing. And I'm and here's the thing. I'm okay listening to arguments. So I even sat there after to listen to his argument Uh and it was the delivery 
and the tone behind it. I want to have this argument. Mira, papi, you know, you want to date a fam? Do you know how much nails cost, hair cost? Do you know that Latinas make the smallest amount of money in the U.S.? Like, are you kidding me? I will accept you paying full price as tribute, motherfucker, because that's how I'm feeling about it. Like all this, I mean, that day I was looking real good. No, I, I'm like, like, you see, that's why I'm not dating. <laughs> I was like, can you see while I'm back with my husband? Okay. Yeah. All that. <laughs> <laughs> like on the real, I'm like, mm, the grass isn't always green on the other side. And if I'm going to take, yeah, I'm going to, I'd rather deal with his bullshit all day for the rest of my life than some brand new cat expecting that I'm going to pay for all his shit. Never, never, ladies, never. Yeah, it's different, I think, when you're married. Obviously, whoever, like me and my husband, you know, I understand that everybody handles their finances differently, but we're more like when we go out, oh, I got this or I got this. It's it's different when you're married, you know? Yeah, and also when you're married, people, if you're dating to marry, those restaurants on that list are going to look pretty freaking good to you eventually. <laughs> uh, hubby, hubby and I love Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. The options, girl? Yeah, if you're like dating to have a glamorous dating life, okay. But if yeah. you're like dating to get married, like this is the reality. Yeah. And it's, it's, I know it seems like whatever chewy or lame, but like you wish is beautiful. <laughs> And there's yeah. something very comforting, and I just feel like that let that list said a lot about people. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to hate, okay? But then you wonder mm-hmm. why you're single, mm, girl. You probably should be looking at your expectations because I never also understood why women who don't have a PhD want a man to have a PhD. Well, what are you bringing to the table? Because see, I look at it from both. I'm bringing my ovaries, okay? <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just. I don't, I don't think for for a woman that like stay in your lane sorry i'm not and i'm this is not saying settle this is just saying here you are this woman and if you're a high achiever and you're independent successful want that for yourself but if you're not a doctor and you want a doctor and you're only looking for a doctor i'm sorry i think there's something really deeply wrong with that i see so like when someone is like isn't really able to see like the humanity of other people (laughs) You know, you could be missing out on some really quality people. Uh, Maybe he works for a nonprofit. So maybe he's not a doctor, but maybe he has a really good heart. He's stable. Um, And again, I just learned that in my dating experience, you know, just sometimes, heck, I learned that with my husband. The person, my husband knows this, the person I dated before my husband, okay, had the moon, the stars, everything he had he had his own home mind you in my early 20s this person i dated right before my husband had his own home had a boat had a successful career i met he had a boat girl he had a boat (laughs) he did he had a boat met my husband my husband didn't have a pot to piss in (laughs) but i fell in love with my husband and i did not have the same chemistry and mind you when my husband met me i did live on my own i was successful i um for for at that age, living on my own already at 23 and being independent, having a job and having a car. And I looked at my husband and it, none of that mattered. Like to me, at least like none of that mattered. And fast forward, really funny story quickly. I saw that person a year ago. I ran into them at a market under like having candles. And um, I was with my husband's cousin and he made that that gentleman made sure that I understood what I missed out on because as we started talking, it was a very cordial, like, oh my God, hi, how are you? Oh, hi, how, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm coming to check on my yacht. Well, doesn't even have a boat anymore. He had a yacht parked at the marina behind me. True story. Are you guys still friends? Because I kind of want to hang out on a yacht. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this full had a yacht. Okay, so that was one. He made sure to make sure that I knew. I was like, oh, how's your boat doing? Oh, I have a yacht. Uh-huh. I asked how his business was doing, which at the time was just like a regular fencing business. And he goes, oh, I'm in commercial now. I'm building resorts in the wine country. Hook it up. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. So anyways, this conversation, that was that. I was happy for him. Great. He's obviously married, moved on and all that. But He's like, great seeing you, bought a few candles. And when he's left, my husband's cousin was like, oh, like, who was that? And then when I told her, she's like, 
girl, that's my husband's cousin. That could have been your life. <laughs> <laughs> How many like, candles yes. did he buy? How many candles do you need for your yacht, for your house? For <laughs> but I, but I ended up with your cousin. <laughs> love, love conquered all the materialism. I think that like it's it's different for partnership because like you want somebody that feels like home that you can feel safe with. The rest is buildable, right? You could build that together. Yeah, that's the beauty. You I mean, don't that come into the relationship. With all of that figured out, even if you are older, you can level each other up. You can build each other to that. Yeah. Like, what is your ability to see this person? You know, I'm I've been with my husband since I was 19. Like every we've. He's such a good partner because he helps me level up in all ways. You know, we've grown up together. We've been freaking morons together, you know, like. It's just about continuing to learn and evolve. It's the mindset that is like everything. You know, it's not the restaurant, the choice, or who's paying, really. And but it's generosity. Yeah. And you both throughout your relationship, you, he's where he's at today because of you. You're at you're where you're at today because of him. You both have had parts in the persons that they, the, the people that you both are. Yeah. You know, when, they, oh, he's so successful. Like, let's not forget, there was a woman behind him supporting him through all of that. Yeah. I, I entered the corporate world around the same time we started dating. And um, I was only like 19. And I, I was mama. I was paying the phone bill, paying for the dates, paying for this and that. And he was a university student. And I just wanted him to study, focus on school, you know, like. It's about a team, and there's been times where he supports me, and it's just about that, mutual that, goals, you know? That. Yeah, you and I, in that aspect, we've talked about this. It's The ball has always bounced back and forth. You know, there's been times where I've supported my husband. There's the time has, his career was making more, and he's supported me, and stay at home, do what you need to do, you know? So, and vice versa. And so I think it takes really strong people. You know, um, as most know, I am the one that owns um, both my businesses and my husband works for me. He's not my partner. He is my employee. And he's okay with that. I've given him the option. He's, not, like, no. he's <laughs> like, no, he's like, I'm good. I just want to be your employee. And I think it takes a really strong man to say, like, I quit my career. Like, he quit his career, you know, to help mm -hmm. me pursue my passion and just support me and say, I'm going to help you build this. And I think that right? more people, like if more people stopped and looked at that. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I, I think they would find their life partner a lot sooner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, back to what you were saying, like, if you have a PhD, you can only date a PhD. Like if the, the, the truth is, is like life is, life is difficult and you need somebody who isn't exactly like you. You know, because when if you both have like extremely demanding careers, like somebody needs to have a little more flexibility eventually. Right. Like and, and the flexibility is what allows longevity, you know, this like if so like this, like all or nothing thinking around dating is like it's, it has its place for sure. But I'm also like when you're there, like make sure. Make sure you're on the same team because life is too hard to to do it any other way. Agreed. I love how these Gavi uh, said just take us day. It takes us through these paths. Yeah, because that list was like both my husband and I chuckled, laughed about it, looked at it, and we're like, okay, no, <laughs> no. no, but um, but yeah, I mean, different strokes for different folks, right? Yeah. Speaking of which, today's topic is going to be really juicy, really fun, and I think really revealing because I don't think a lot of people know a lot of this information that we're about to drop. <laughs> yep. I love it. I love it. I'm really excited about today because I think it's it's a it's a closer look into who Carla and I are, mm -hmm. um, why we have become the women we are today. Mm -hmm. um, and believe it or not, it doesn't even um, have to do about uh, family. This is more about surroundings. Yes. 
So today's segment is where are you from? And we're going to be talking about where we're from and what that means to us and how it's informed all kinds of decisions we make and why we are the way we are, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to start You know me. I'm a proud leader. You are so proud. I'm so excited for you to go off. So please do. (laughs) Okay. So because Carla already knows when she met me, I broke down the whole high speed. Okay, so I'm proudly born and raised from Frisco. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do call it Frisco. At least I do. Uh, Which is San Francisco, California. The Bay Area. Uh, I'm born and raised because I I have to preface because people, when they say they're from San Francisco, sometimes they don't want to admit they're from like the neighboring city or 20 or 30 minutes away because people might not know, right? So you're traveling, somebody asks you where you're from, you say San Francisco. If I run into that person, I'm like, oh, what part of the city? And they're like, well, really, I live in Daly City. I'm like, oh, so you're not from San Francisco. So that's a big thing too. So I'm born and raised in San Francisco. I call it Frisco. This little girl was born and raised in Frisco. Um, You know, Frisco is a term that a lot of black and brown folks you grew up in the mission, if you grew up in Hunter's Point, if you grew up in more of the low income neighborhoods or the hoods, as we call it in general, uh, this is what the rappers and hustlers called it. This is this is all I knew. My hometown was Frisco. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's very near and dear. And I think the reason I rep so hard is the culture, the mentality, um, every grain in me of who I am is I'm this little girl from Frisco. And I make this joke when people are like, oh my God, you're you're in Macy's now, right? I'm like, yes, this little girl from Frisco made it, right? Because anybody that's from Frisco gets it. They get why this is, it's more than just being the first. They get how I was raised in an era where there was a lot of gang violence, pimps, hustlers. All of that was a real thing. It was not a movie <laughs> for me. It yeah. was very much... Um, the way in the 80s and the 90s you know a form of living there's a restaurant that i took your brother-in-law to called the crack house no i didn't take him there i would we were across the street and i pointed i'm like look at the freaking place what it's called and came over him and he was just so disappointed in humanity you know at first and then he's like yeah i guess they didn't really live through like the 80s and 90s with that experience huh and like, that's a, we're in like a bougie area of San Diego. I'm like, no, not at all. They think it's cute and hilarious. <laughs> not cute, not cute and hilarious. If you're from and you grew up driving by Sixth Street, I mean, now unfortunately it's the opioid ep- epidemic is really bad in our city, but crack and heroin was what you saw. You know, it was yeah, yeah, very prevalent. You know, there's a I think documentary. Oh, sorry. Oh no, no, go for it. There's a documentary on Netflix called uh, Crack. And I had no idea how deeply intertwined it was in um, the 80s and 90s in, in Central America. And um, I've seen oh, it. Yeah. God. It was just like, oh shit, they just <laughs> devastated black and brown communities with this. Purpose, purposely. Like, it was all, yeah, all intentionally. Strategically. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so when you look at when you look at what the why those countries are where they are now, it all started a lot started from them. Yeah. When you and you infiltrated and all these things happened, of course, what did you think was gonna result from it? You know, and so yeah. it, it's kinda like me, I'm a product of of the the hustler and the female hustler I am today is not even just being Latina, it's being raised in Frisco. Um being raised drugs and gang violence and yeah my mom did her best to shelter me from a lot of that but obviously you go to school and it's there and it's in your face and um yeah little michelle i think about damn freaking kindergarten michelle went to kindergarten in the hood and i was already getting beat up in kinder and first grade because i literally went to um a very you know, hood elementary school until my mom had enough and pulled me out at second grade. But, you know, I remember what I was like. There's always all these fragments in life. I remember uh, being in gang life. I remember being shot at. I remember the time I ran the fastest I ever could. 
Um, but I also remember what it was to be a hustler and getting money and seeing my older brother, unfortunately, in that lifestyle. Um, you know, my older brother was um, not my oldest, but the one that unfortunately is no longer with us was a pimp, you know, in his um, probably, I'd say the age of like 15, you know, and um, I'm not proud to say that, but that's what my brother, you know, he did change his life, but that's who he was. And again, product of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. And it was very much glamorized for him that he he chose that life as a right. way of like being able to treat my mom and pay pay for things that my mom could not afford. So I remember being this kid and my brother taking us to like Bobby Rubino's. Anybody knows in the city that was like fancy, right? You went and had ribs and on Pier 39 and being like, oh my God, my brother can pay for all this. Not even knowing how he had this money, why he had a fur coat, <laughs> like... I just thought it was like, ooh, this is great, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I look back and I think I'm very much sometimes who I am. And parts of me, the hyphy part of me, mm-hmm. is is very much that girl from Frisco. And then there's the other side of me, you know? There's, there's um, I don't know if you saw Mario Lopez recently. People came at him. For oh purposes. yeah, I saw that. I'm like, oh my. God. And I and I relate to that so much. I'm gonna mm-hmm. tell you why, because I felt like I've had to do that whenever I was in corporate. Take off my hoops. Take off my crown. Um, code switch to turn my voice. My friends would call it my corporate or my Disney voice. Like, hi friends, how are you today? You know, like. Oh, I like that. That's nice. It's friendly. That- Everybody that knows me, and I've also worked for Disney. So, like, like I got what's up, Disney? To get that paper, sometimes, yeah. You know, we've I've had to code switch as early as in my early twenties when I was in my first corporate job. You know, and yeah, there's something so beautiful about now being this grown woman and just kind of like being who I am. But I'll be honest, in my other business, which is my event planning business. I deal with a lot of high profile corporate companies that are paying me a lot of money. And even my, my social clients um, are different of demographics. So am I going to be hyphy and hood? No, I'm going to be the first to tell you what you're getting. Does that make me unauthentic? No. Right. Doesn't. I'm, I'm still who I am, you know, yeah. but these are all little things of our environment that we change, yeah. that we mold, that shape us. We have to stay adaptable, you know, and I heard something recently is like, don't judge someone else's survival strategy, you know, just because it might not look like that to you, but everybody is like doing what they can with what they have. It's. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that with Mario and I was like, I've always loved Mario Lopez. Okay. I can't believe that. He's so Chicano. I can't believe you put her like I just, I just. I just have an issue when our culture wants to go after people like him and Jessica Alba and like, oh, all of a sudden they want to be Latinos. It's like they were always Latinos. Like how they chose to exemplify that, how they chose to represent that, that's on them. Well, who are we? Why do we, when did we become the police of who needs to show and how they need to show their Latinidad? Like, I was, I wasn't, I shared a cab with this guy from Facebook a while back at, at an event and he, we were talking and he's like, you're, you're Salvadorian. I'm like, yeah. He's like full, not half. I'm like, yeah. He's like, but born there. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden I get all this credibility cause I was born there, but I was nine months old when we went to Canada. You know, I don't understand these. And when people ask me, like, where are you from? Who are you? If I say Salvadoreña and I, I tell them I left at nine months, like, pues usted es canadiense, no es Salvador. Okay. I don't know what people are asking me when they ask, where are you from? You know? That, 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 that bothers me. I'm going to tell you, we've had this conversation because I feel like I've always gotten that my whole life. Like, where are you from? Well, first of all, I'm from Frisco. But if you ask me what my ethnicity is, what do I identify as South American indigenous, you know? And when I would say I'm like 
peruana because there was a point in my life where I'll be honest, I was embarrassed with my Argentinian side. You know, my father's Argentinian. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't claim that shit. I'm going to be honest because every time I claim that shit, people would be like, oh, so creída or you're stuck up. And that's not how I was raised. I was predominantly raised in a Peruvian household with yeah. a mamacera bien peruana, bien peruana. If you know, you know, you had a... Yeah, no, I know. I grew up with peruanos, so bien fancy. <laughs> Which my mom was more of the humilde fancy, like the fancy, pero fancy, pero fancy. But then people telling me I couldn't call myself peruana porque nací acá, I did not appreciate that because my mom took me from birth every year, my entire life. Mm -hmm. to Peru. So I grew up with my cousins, with my family, with the food, uh, going to the central, like I went every year and I grew up with my culture. Um, right. so for somebody to, to tell me that I'm not, yeah, it's kind of hurtful, you know, like, what does it matter if you were born there or not? Like, uh, it's a strange thing. And like, what are you asking me specifically, you know? I've also been in situations where I've been casually talking with someone and they're like, so where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I was born in, in San Salvador. Da, da, da. And they're like, I give them the whole story and they're like, so it must have taken you a while to drive here, huh? I meant like, what neighborhood are you coming from? Oh, fuck. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm from Brampton. <laughs> from Brampton. That's right. I'm a, I'm a Brampton girl. That's something you're, that I You're one of the Drake girls. No. I'm like, Drake songs are about me. <laughs> Drake, Drake got a song about you, girl. Yeah, there was a time that we were like trending on Twitter. Brampton girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm from. So tell us, tell us, Carla, okay. where are you from? Where, where am I from? Okay, so I was born in San Salvador in 82. As you might know, there's a big war. Um, we managed to immigrate to Canada. I grew up in Toronto, Canada until like grade four. Oh, I don't know if it's the same thing. But anyways, um, I grew up in Don Mills and Eglinton in the 80s, which was rough. <laughs> Not the safest place. I, I grew up, you know, just to even see guns in Canada is wild. You know, we don't have the same gun culture. So, like, I'd be seeing guns. I'd be seeing all this shit. And it's, like, pretty not the average. It was not the safest place. But that's where we grew up. Eventually moved to Brampton. And um, Brampton is a really interesting place because what happened was there's a huge boom. Um, sometimes it reminds me, you know, how they have like the Inland Empire here and there's like lots of warehouses and all the Mexicans that work at the warehouses. <laughs> so Brampton was kind of like that. Um, but our, our Mexicans, I guess, is a more international group. We have people from everywhere in the world. Um, Papa Trudeau, so not Prime Minister Trudeau now, but his father, who was, um, Prime Minister in the 80s, he, he opened up a lot of immigration to South America, to the Caribbean. And that's why we have like this really big, diverse um, culture. If you, I don't know if you heard of like um, Caravana. That's always like a really big festival that we do. Um, there's floats, costumes. It's Jay-Z comes up. Like it's a really, really big, big event. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Canada. Toronto accent. There's like um, a bit of this is kind of like uh, controversial, but sometimes you'll hear like a Caribbean tinge to things. Um, but yeah, that's also controversial because sometimes it's just some white boy doing it to the most. And you're like, hmm? <laughs> but there are groups like I can hear it. And I'm like, oh, OK, yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, so Toronto's just like super diverse. There were people that todos lados, but there was never like a strong concentration of Latinos. So for me, I didn't have like a lot of like female role models. Um, so for me, it was Selena. That was like, <laughs> that, that blew up my brain. She was like a, like a Disney princess I couldn't even dream of. And even till now, there are times where I catch myself and I see myself doing mannerisms that like I must have picked up from her, you know? But there was just, there was nothing. And she was just like this beacon. I was like, oh, 
magic. <laughs> so that, oh, yeah. that representation is like, I don't know what that feels like in my body. And I know um, how powerful it can be to feel seen. So, I mean, that informs a lot of the work that I do. Yeah. Do you feel like where you were raised, um, just going back to Brampton, right? Like, do you feel that any of that has influenced uh, you in business, being a creative, just like your surroundings? Because I know that sometimes when we and I talk, you're always like, oh, that's a very Canada thing. Or that's, oh, in Canada, like even just. Oh, my God. Yes. Like in things like tell me about that because I feel like I I have I have like we went through a a thing you said today and I was like ah and you're like oh it's a Canadian thing you know oh and yeah don't like, throw the baby out with the bathwater no, you're like I, what I had no idea what you were talking about <laughs> I was like mm, I have not heard of uh, that before <laughs> like, yeah but kid? like yeah going back do you feel like any of your your surroundings like even the suburb that you grew up in or just, you know, talking a little bit about what Toronto was and all that um, has influenced um, business or being a creative? Um, I think about, like, I think we had a, a, a misunderstanding at one point because I was so quick to apologize in an email. Oh, I remember. And you were like, bitch, are you crazy? You cannot apologize. I'm like, because in Canada, culturally, we apologize for everything, and it's not—it's not an admission of guilt. It's like, if I say sorry, you say sorry. So it means like we're both caring about each other's feelings. <laughs> I know <laughs> you're in America, bitch. You can't do that. <laughs> and it's and then it's sad because let's talk about that. It's not that me, Michelle, doesn't care about the other person's feeling, but the way we've been conditioned out here is even when I worked for companies like Disney and Great Wolf Lodge, uh, we were used to word things so that we were not accepting ownership of any guilt or wrongdoing. Yeah, there's liability. So we would, yes, because of liability. So if somebody felt a certain way, we wouldn't say, oh, I'm sorry, would be like, you know, we'd have to turn that and be like, I see and I understand what you're saying. Uh, it is unfortunate that you feel that way. It was, again, I would choose my words so that the word sorry, because the minute you say sorry, you're accepting ownership of guilt. Yeah, that wasn't you're no saying one... you did something wrong, you know? Yeah, so, yeah it's not the same thing. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. And I remember <laughs> I was like, Carla, we did nothing wrong. <laughs> I'm like, I know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's see, that's interesting. That goes back of like just a Canadian and mannerism things. And I guess too in the Bay Area, like not just even Frisco in the Bay Area, um, I've noticed this is why it was really hard. I lived in Southern California for six years. Um, I've talked about how I just felt even like like Latinos over there are a different breed than the Latinos in the Bay Area. Is um, I just feel like we don't get our flowers sometimes. You know, I've talked about this in Bay Area rap. Um, when it comes to our music and our culture, uh, hyphy movement originated from here. Let's not get it twisted. Like I, and I do take that personal being a native, you know, San Franciscan, how so much of that, you ask anybody from the Bay, Bay or rappers influenced our childhood words, what they talked about. It was real life stuff we were seeing, you know, mm -hmm. whether you were from Vallejo, Oakland, Frisco, wherever you were from. Um, the lowrider culture, all of that, you know, not saying that that doesn't exist in obviously Los Angeles and other places, but that culture for us, even the lowrider culture um, in the 80s and the 90s was just, um, it influenced so much of like little Michelle Hustler wanting to go out there and hustle and get mine and make money, obviously the legit way, <laughs> like, but <laughs> so having that. Yeah mentality you know um yeah. I, I did not want to follow obviously in the footsteps of my brother um my middle brother at the time you know and yeah he cleaned up his app but he learned the hard way he went to jail for a few years you know for drug dealing and things like that and then you know got his life together and 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 made his living the right way but sometimes you have to go through all of that right 
and that was a product of like what you were seeing, what was being glamorized. For me, it was gang life. Unfortunately, you know, I did get into gangs at a very young age. So now I'm this grown woman that has learned to have to like check herself. I know it may sound funny when you see those shirts, like you can't take the girl off the, you know, you can take the girl off the hood, but you can't take the hood off the girl. Right. I, I feel that sometimes because I feel like I am not Chola Michelle anymore. Take it down. Yeah. I but, it, yeah. <laughs> but if yeah. you get me there, I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> My blood pressure. Like, I'm retired. Don't bring me out of retirement. But no, no, obviously, like I've 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 changed my life drastically in my early twenties. And um I but I I love who I am. I love the hyphy part about me. I love that I can go hard and get, you know, what I call like a, it's a very big thing. I've explained this to you because you were like, what is hyphy, you know? And it's more than just a dance. It's a movement. It's like you feel stuff and only like, like people from the Bay can get it when a song comes on and it makes you feel all these things. And, um, and you remember your childhood and you remember what you were doing in that first moment when you started bumping, you know, whoever it was for me, it was like, people like RBL and Mac Mall and Mac Dre, like more than just you're too short and you 40, because I feel like people know who they are, but people don't understand all the other contributions to Bay Area rap, all these other Bay Area rappers that we have, you know? And so I, I remember those moments of where I was at and what was I thinking and what did I want it to become? And I remember my, my mom saying, I knew at the age of 12, you were going to be an entrepreneur because you were this little girl that just had all these ideas and you wanted to just be like, I'm going to do this and I can do this and I can go sell this to so-and-so. And, -so. and I, I, <laughs> I was like trying to find ways mm -hmm. to like make money. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, so for you, I, I see it as like that, that has been your path to empowerment. Yeah. So it, definitely, it definitely has. Like, so it's like, yes, well, my mom has made me what I call the empowering Latina and the fierce Latina that I am today. My surroundings, the bay, uh, the music, the food, the culture in Frisco has made me the entrepreneur I have today. You know, Burner, Burner's from San Francisco, right? Born and raised. Mm -hmm. And if you ever listen to like Burner's podcast and Burner talks about that too, how growing up around that time in the city influenced a lot of what cookies has become, what the rapper he's become. Like for mm -hmm. us to see Burner on the cover of Forbes, it's again, mm -hmm. another, this little Frisco cat made it. Like he's on the cover of Forbes and he's from Frisco. We're proud. Like right. he makes us proud. <laughs> like that shit is like, wow. You know, like we rap hard for people that go on to make it. You got Sweetie from the Bay Area. You got Kalani, like G-Eazy. Like my favorites. <laughs> Right? We rap hard when we see these people go on. Like, you got E-40, which is, like, obviously a G, and Too Short. Like, we go hard because they've become not only entertainers, but entrepreneurs, business people. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's beautiful for us. It's like, that's the pride we have. And it is very different. I'm sorry to say this. It is very different than Southern California. It is, it, 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 and not to say there's this, South and North type of thing, uh, right? But I'm like that, where people are like, they feel like they gotta choose one. I'm like, why? I just never understood why Northern Californians. We when we were little, we'd go to LA all the time. When I moved to oh, Southern, when I moved to Southern California, it surprised me how many Angelinos have never been to San Francisco, but it's six hours away. That's fair. So I was just like, you do realize because they'd look at San Francisco like this tourist spot and they'd be like, I've never been there. I'm like, it's six hours away. But my, yeah, my mom would bring me to LA as a kid to the Callejones like mm -hmm. all the time. So I yeah. always found that puzzling. Yeah, I wonder if like the the media representation made them think it was like only for rich people. Could that be that? There needs to be like a, a some sort of um, peace brokering. <laughs> you know what I love the most? You know what I love the most? Then when I go places, people are like, because I say hell a lot. They're right. like, oh, you're from the Bay. Yes, I am. I have no problem. 
Yeah. Um, I, I met your lovely friend, Britt Chavez, the founder of Shop Latin. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in New York recently, and when I said hi to her, like after like maybe a minute of dialogue, she's like, you're from the Bay, huh? And I was like, yes, I am. And I was like super proud. And she was like, I can tell. She was like, and she said, I fucks with people from the Bay. I like people from the Bay. Like, and I love that. That makes me feel like, because we are warm, we are welcoming, we are like, yeah. yes, things but if you come you've been you've I've seen been. You've I really been. Like it. <laughs> yeah I really like it a lot there is like an initial check like to see if you're cool but once you get past that it's like nothing but love it's really nice it, it's the vibe check it's the vibe check fair enough fair enough <laughs> but I love how you've you've talked about Canada because again it's perception right I don't know why I just always thought Canada was okey pokey, like, oh, Canada, like, like my perception of Canada. Yeah. Versus, like, I just thought Canada, hockey, like, like just right, that's it. This is generalistic things of Canada. Yeah. No, you're breaking down. Yeah. So I want to say that, like, I'm not from all of Canada. It's huge, right? Yeah. I can talk about Toronto and Brampton and, and the back and forth and like I was living in a in a new suburb, but like I have cousins and primosa who are in like scarier areas. I remember giving my cousin like a, a red toque to wear home because it was cold. A toque is a <laughs> Yeah, see, I was like, what is <laughs> a toque is a a beanie. <laughs> a toque is a beanie, okay? Okay. I gave him a if, you, if you say it is, I'm going to look that shit up after. And uh, he's like, oh, sorry, Carla, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't wear this in my neighborhood. And I was like, huh? And then I was like, oh, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You know, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's all around <laughs> us. I For me, I, I don't. I've moved around a lot. I counted the other day. I've lived in 15 different places different addresses yeah like how I, many how many actually i counted more i got up to 19 when i when i checked it with a friend they're like no you forgot mama, mama, mama. <laughs> i'm um, like okay um so i i move a lot i'm not somebody who's deeply rooted anywhere you know and i think um i started to learn that like my body is going to be home and everything I do, all the work I've been doing is just to feel safe and at home in my own body. And I can take that anywhere with me. So my goal has always been to live somewhere new every five years and just experience the world that way. And um, I feel really privileged to do that because I learned so much, like being media, like I get um, nuance that I think maybe is not as accessible to other people. And I'm able to see in between the lines and similarities. And it's 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 a different existence. There are times when I'm wrong. There's times where I could say, I wish I could say, like, I'm from here and these people are of me. And I never had that. So it's it's been uh it's been different. And sometimes I'm embarrassed, you know. But to make a home in yourself and to just be highly adaptable, that has been that has been what grounds me, you know, I, to buy a house and live somewhere forever. That will make me really nervous. Like being adaptable is what makes me feel grounded in the world. Yeah. I get, no, no, I get that. I think for me, I think that if I didn't have kids, I probably would have been <laughs> more. No, no, like I probably would have. That's the reality. It's different when you have kids. It's it's creating that stability that maybe you didn't have, you know? Um, right. Yeah. So you, how many times do you hear grown adults like, oh, we moved around a lot? And it doesn't always come with a good tone, you know? Right. Like, right. well, I did, my husband did, you know? And so I'm respectful of like that he did move around a lot. And where I was fortunate that I grew up was raised in one home in San Francisco pretty much till my teens. Then I moved, right, um, within the city. So I kind of feel guilty because I look at my son and I'm like, okay, he's lived in, born in San Francisco, lived in Hawaii, lived in Orange County. Now we're back in the Bay Area. Um, you know, I've tried to provide as much stability yeah. as I 
understand that now I'm like, okay, we kind of have to, but I'm always looking for like the next place to go. Yeah. And realizing that I can't always do that because we've at least stayed in like, we were in Orange County for six years, you know, because we didn't right. want to just uproot them. And now, you know, we miss being back home. So we're back in the Bay Area, you know, and, and now, you know, he's 12. We're going to probably be here till he's 18. And right. after that, we'll have a little bit more freedom to, you right. know, but then I also have to think, okay, what if my kids have kids and I become a grandma? I can't. My God. I know. Like, yeah. Does not like the idea when I tell her I want to go retire somewhere else. She's just, she says, that's stupid. You know, and I know it's her way to leave, but she just says, that's stupid. Why are you going to go retire in another country? I was like, because my money's going to go further. <laughs> but I know it's really her way of saying, like, you have to think about, like, okay, well, what if I have a family and all that? And that is important to me. So it's like, um, that's a hard one. That's a hard one because I think that I would be more inclined to move around if it was just dependent on me, you know? Right. Yeah, I think yeah. most people, right? Like, I don't know. I saw it. But I, I'm, I grew up... Um, in an abusive home and I, I grew up not feeling safe. So I think that's kind of, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Um, yeah, so when there's nowhere safe, you're not really afraid to go somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, well, you can come to the Bay Area next. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think I would love I, that. I, I know, I've been trying to convince Carla y'all for, for quite some time now, like after San Diego, I'm like, I was like, oh, I can see you here. You would totally vibe here. You would totally fit here. I'm like selling her the open. dream. <laughs> it reminded me so much of Toronto in so many ways, you know? I really liked it. And I do know, recognize you were like, girl, I can take you to some places that you're not going to like as much because you took me to like a very, well, you know. backstory, y'all. So one day Carla and I are in Oakland and she's all loving it. And then she's like, I want to move to Oakland. I'm like, okay, let's stop for a moment. Uh, not every part of Oakland is like what I showed you. <laughs> and I love Oakland, but I yeah. was like, girl, there's parts and then yeah. there's parts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've been trying to learn as much as I can about American cities and geography. And there's just so much to learn. And it also makes me happy that I've lived in so many places because I can be watching a movie and be like, that's Boston, that's Toronto, that's LA. That's, you know, I know I can tell even from the lighting and, and that's, that's kind of fun. <laughs> it's a, it's a freedom. <laughs> I love that. Well, on that note, I, I think I love sharing, like, I feel like this is one of those topics I can go on and on and on yeah. uh, because I am very much a proud, you know, San Franciscan. You know, while I don't live there now, while I feel like gentrification has, you know, caused a riff in my heart and how I feel about my city, I still love it. It is still home. Yeah. And it, it shows. Still, yes, it's still my hometown. I, you know, I'm in the city probably once a week and um, I have my favorite spots and and when you meet other natives, you you mourn together, you laugh together, you feel together, you understand what it was like to be raised back in the days. It's like now we talk about being able to walk on certain streets that were all gang infiltrated, and now we can walk on them and they're gentrified, and we're the minority. I'm like, mm, that's, that's, weird, where, I, that's where I got my ass whooped. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, like, I remember you were taking me around the mission. Like, that was the bus I got my ass whooped on. That was the place, like, you're pointing. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and like now that I'm the minority, it's there. There, it's it's a bit bittersweet and sad, but you know that's what happens. And I I want people to understand that we are not just a tech mecca. Like that, there is culture and art and history and soul. Um, you know, in 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 my beautiful little hometown. And so yeah, so I think that sometimes, like obviously, I say my brand's rooted in cultura. A lot of that is also my environment, the cultura that I grew up in in the Bay Area in San Francisco. You know, that has influenced like my brand, the person I am, the little hustler mentality, <laughs> like all of that. I love all of that about you. It's this, ah, so much love. <laughs> so today, we're going to end off today's call with some senora advice. 
So what kind of advice do you want to give the people out there? No, you're going first today. Oh, <laughs> you're going to think about this one. I, I was going to say Olive Garden is pretty good. <laughs> no, my whole really <laughs> Factory slaps. It does, though. Yeah, it does. And, um, okay, in terms of, like, I think that your yourself can always be home. For my people out there who are displaced or the black sheep, whatever the situation is, and, and you don't have that, like, you can, there are other people who, who, who will pull a seat out for you and welcome you to the table. And, um... I used to think that I never needed that. I don't need anyone for anything and nothing. But the truth is you, you do need people and they're, you, we're more powerful in, in community. I love that. Yeah. I now I, I can say, um, not that I'm not full of wisdom, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> but it just reminds me of something I said to my husband last time. Um, find peace with the simplest of things. And when I say that, it's that yesterday I went out and sometimes um, I'm home every day with my husband, my brother-in-law, my son, and I don't have a lot of me time or time for self-care. So I go to Target or to Marshall's and I walk in the aisles and I spend four hours just with my thoughts. And I texted my husband, I was like, if this is what being in my senora era looks like, sign me the hell up every day. Uh, there was something so beautiful about being with my thoughts and at peace, and that's what made me happy, and it was yeah. really simple. And so find something, the simplest of things that you can do just for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what I myself yesterday for four hours. I didn't even buy anything. That's your, how do you do that? <laughs> You That's know me, though. You know me. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm frugal. Carla would have came out with four bags. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I would have been jealous because I would have been like, oh, I like that. Oh, I want that. Oh, I need that. <laughs> you know, and I probably should have bought it. But it was really just more being able to walk around. And my husband has given me that space to understand that sometimes I just need to leave the home to mm. be with thoughts and be with myself because I constantly feel like there's somebody at home and that's my form of self-care and that's that's my wisdom for y'all is fine um simple acts of self-care that seems silly that. but simple for me and it was nice it was peaceful you know take your hot girl walks at Target wherever you want to take them I got a stroller for my chihuahua I've been walking him in the stroller with my big ass hat and uh just to be outside, you know, so take, be creative with your hot girl walks, take them wherever you want. I love that. That's good advice. Solid. I love this. I love this first. I'm yeah. outside today because the mood, the mood, you know? Yeah, it's a vibe. <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening. If uh, you had like a favorite line or a favorite quote, drop it in the comments. Feel free to ask us anything. Send us voice memos. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. All right, well, as we always say, we exit this con mucho amor y energía. Bye. Bye. Bye.